Hey guys, it's Chris Mosier. I hope you Austin Daily Drop listeners have been enjoying the introduction of the new Progress Texas Daily Dispatch podcast. A quick note to let you know that the Daily Dispatch will only be heard through this channel through this Thursday, August 31st, and its permanent home will be on the main Progress Texas podcasts feed on the platform of your choice. If you haven't yet, please take a moment now to find the Progress Texas feed and subscribe there. It's Monday, August 28th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. A lot to cover from the weekend, starting with some news that's definitely good news, but still news that reminds us of a much bigger batch of bad news. The Guardian has a solid rundown of the new exception to Texas's abortion ban that has been very quietly carved out and signed into law. Writer Avi Sasani says HB 3058 provides very limited legal space for doctors to provide abortion care when a patient's water breaks too early for the fetus to survive or when a patient is suffering from an ectopic pregnancy. Democratic State Rep. Ann Johnson worked across the aisle with staunch abortion rights opponents to secure this accommodation, which again is good news for the pregnant Texans who find themselves in these precarious situations but also represents only a baby step in the fight to restore the Roe v. Wade standard and also may provide public relations cover to the opposition who now have legislation to use as an example of their compassion. Meanwhile, Texas doctors accused of violating the state's abortion ban face up to $100,000 in fines or even life in prison. These are consequences that may lead them to opt out of even treatment that's now been deemed legal out of an abundance of caution. So good news, but a vanishingly small dose of it. Also good news, but of the temporary type Texas progressives are starting to get used to, I think, writer John Riley at Metro Weekly says that on Friday, Travis County Judge Maria Cantu-Hexel issued a temporary injunction suspending a new Texas law set to take effect this Friday that bars transgender youth from accessing puberty blockers and hormones. As has become the norm with these decisions, the Texas Attorney General's office immediately filed an appeal of the order blocking state authorities from enforcing the law. So it will take effect on schedule on September 1st. The law was challenged by five families with transgender children, three doctors specializing in transgender care, a national LGBTQ plus advocacy organization, and an organization for LGBTQ plus health professionals. A trial to determine the law's constitutionality is set to begin on May the 6th, 2024, about eight months from now. Meanwhile, a drag performance group in San Antonio put on what could be their final show over this weekend. Texas Public Radio's Kayla Padilla says 360 Queen Entertainment has been performing monthly on the patio of Tomatillos, a bar and family-friendly restaurant on the far north side of San Antonio for the last year. They held what for now will be their final show this last Friday night. Texas Senate Bill 12 dictates that, quote, sexually oriented performances are illegal on commercial and public property in the presence of minors, unquote. And that's the law of the land. As of Friday, Richard Montez, co-owner of 360 Queen, says he and his partner have joined the ACLU of Texas's lawsuit against the bill, calling the drag ban unconstitutional and a violation of free speech rights. They'll be testifying in a Houston courtroom on the matter today. A new Austin American Statesman piece details financial connections between our thrice-indicted, currently suspended, and soon-to-be-impeached Attorney General Ken Paxton and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is set to preside over said impeachment trial starting one week from tomorrow, Tuesday, September 5th. 
Patrick just recently received a $2 million loan and a $1 million donation from a pro-Paxton political action committee. The partnership flows the other direction, too, as Patrick has made loans to Paxton as well to the tune of $125,000. The terms of these financial transactions have not been disclosed, and Patrick is facing scrutiny over his impartiality but not yet accommodating any perception of impropriety. He has the discretion to delegate his role as presided officer at the impeachment, but at present, it appears that he plans to personally oversee the proceedings starting next week. The first day of school in Houston doesn't normally make the national news, but it does when it's the first day of school after a state takeover of a major metropolitan school district. Juan Lozano at the Associated Press once again covers Mike Miles, Houston ISD's new state-installed superintendent who says recent disappointing standardized test scores only confirm what he sees as the need for what he calls bold systemic change in Houston. For example, At 28 of the district's underperforming schools, many of which are located in lower-income neighborhoods, teachers must now follow a centrally scripted curriculum with in-classroom cameras monitoring their performance, and these teachers' pay is largely based on resulting standardized test scores. As we've mentioned, the conversion of some campus libraries into in-school detention centers where misbehaving students are sequestered from their classes, watching them instead on Zoom, and creating what Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner has called a prison-like atmosphere in spaces usually associated with learning. Miles developed many of these innovative ideas while serving as CEO of a charter school network, and he says he intends to expand his innovative ideas, mostly into Houston schools that are majority Latino and black. The national hits for Texas keep on coming this Monday. An analysis featured in CNN says that Texas now officially leads the U.S. in the effort to ban books from school libraries. Figures from the American Library Association show that last year, in 2022, Texas saw the highest number of both attempts to restrict books and the number of titles challenged in each attempt. In Texas, there were 93 requests to ban a total of 2,349 book titles, more than any other state by a margin of 40 attempts and an average of 25 titles in each challenge. Take heart that at least on that last stat, the average number of titles per book ban attempt, we actually came in second behind Florida. The lion's share of these books deal in LGBTQ plus themes. A 10th bus loaded with asylum seekers from Texas arrived in Los Angeles over this weekend, says Corrine Pertel at the L.A. Times. 39 migrants from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Peru, and Venezuela were met once again by representatives of the L.A. Welcomes Collective, whom we told you about. They've been receiving and assisting the now roughly 400 people sent to L.A. from Texas. This 10th bus included 21 children, the most on any of the 10 buses so far. Jorge Mario Cabrera, a spokesman for the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights, a member of the L.A. Welcomes Collective, comments that while the group appeared exhausted after a long trip, they're also ready to work and contribute to their communities. A cold front that arrived across much of Texas yesterday has brought temperatures down a bit, which is nice, and a fair amount of rain yesterday across the state, too, but it wasn't without its problems. KVU-TV in Austin says that while the front dropped the temperature in Austin from 106 to 82 in the course of a single hour, associated winds knocked out power to thousands of Austin residents for several hours. This after ERCOT had kept things running statewide with a fourth day of pleas to the public to help by conserving electricity, which, by the way, is a bit troubling considering these warnings are required over a weekend when presumably much business and industrial demand would be at a low ebb. The good news is it appears that the worst part of the summer heat wave might be behind us. Highs over the first part of September for most of the state fall into ranges that used to be considered somewhat normal.
Here's one that Austin listeners in particular might find a bit troubling. A mall in Abilene has drawn the ire of area wildlife conservation groups for euthanizing much of a colony of Mexican free-tailed bats that took up residence inside the mall's building. Local sanctuaries, including the Big Country Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in nearby Hawley, Texas, had been mounting efforts to relocate the bats and did manage to get many of them out. But management of the Mall of Abilene grew impatient and refused to stick with the conservationists' plans. Instead, they sealed up the exits and had the remaining bats exterminated. Mexican free-tailed bats, the most common bat found throughout Texas, are the official flying mammal of the Lone Star State and are federally protected. However, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Code dictates that they can be removed or hunted if inside or on a building occupied by people. Finally, sticking with wildlife conservation to close and not to pile on to the already outsized share of positive PR that Texas grocery chain HEB enjoys around here, but they have produced a product that Texans of an environmentalist stripe will definitely want to consume, a new series of state wildlife documentary films from the same team that produced the similar and acclaimed Nature Doc Deep in the Heart with former Texas Land Commissioner candidate Jay Clayburg. The new five-film series is called Our Texas, Our Future and is required viewing. See the link from Texas Monthly in the show notes for a link to watch. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Today's Texas political news for today's Texas Progressive. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Throughout this sweltering summer, Progress Texas has served up stories on the issues you care about, breaking abortion and reproductive rights decisions, renewables keeping our ACs running and the lights on, democracy defenders fighting back against the assault on elections, and conversations on Juneteenth thanks to black historians and activists, and lots more. We're shaping the narrative in traditional media blogs, social posts, and podcasts, but we need your help to continue our important work. We're looking for 50 new members to support this work monthly during our summer member drive, and we'd appreciate your help. Learn more about Progress Texas and our ongoing work at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.